Welcome to episode 111 of the Off and Beat podcast. Uh, I am your host, Clint Nelson. Before you continue to listen or watch this podcast, probably listen because no one watches. Watch this way. Um, yeah, like, subscribe, leave a review, comment, follow, notification bell, whatever the fuck you're on. And most importantly, suck some titties. Now, recording this on a 3.30 a.m. exactly, Monday. It's literally what, like five hours after the Super Bowl ended? So, yeah, just getting home, enjoyed the day off. Um, yeah, you know, my biggest takeaway from the Super Bowl tonight, which, by the way, pretty decent game overall, not gonna lie to you, um, was there was this one small, this one small, I wouldn't even call it commercial, it was like an ad while they were doing an introduction to get back into the show, it was like right before halftime. It had to be like the last couple minutes of the first half. And there was this little thing, I believe it was by T-Mobile. Of course, it's fucking T-Mobile. Um, they they had this ad like, hey, the halftime show is coming up. It's like, no shit. Everyone that watches Super Bowl knows the halftime show. But whatever. They said, hey, go on your phone, log into this thing on a whim, by the way. Like, hey. I know we didn't give no heads up, but log into this T-Mobile or whatever the fuck shit and watch the halftime show on there so you can get the quote-unquote 360-degree experience. Before I get into my issue with it, I just want to let these companies know no one gives a fuck about these 360-degree experiences where it's basically you can move the camera around to like see up Eminem's ass at the halftime show or watch Mary J. Blige, like, kind of make it on one, two-step. Um, but, like, one, it gets confusing. I've, I've watched a couple of YouTube videos that have that weird thing to it. It's one of those things that's a cooler idea than it actually ends up being. Um, it's kind of like, ooh, look, like, I can understand, like, musically for concerts, kind of, but it's like, I don't want to see the back of, you know, Chad Kruger's ass, why he's playing, I'm so high, like, nah, I just, I, I, I just prefer, just, just put the high definition $80,000 cameras that you guys pay, if I just trust that, then have some guy walk around with his boom mic and his fucking handheld, uh, straight to live concert type of camera crew, like, it's a live comedy special, like, you know what? I'll just take the traditional view of the halftime show. How about that? All these alternate broadcasts, all these alternate things that want to enhance experience. Cool. But back to the main issue of it. So yeah, so you're right. Let me let me just completely stop on this 50-inch TV I'm watching on high definition. This 50-inch TV that is literally made for the Super Bowl. They made these TVs for sports, for football, for the halftime show. And you're like, sorry about my voice, but drink a little too much Sprite. Luckily, I didn't uh, mix any lean with it because I'm rocking it. Oh, Jesus. But uh, yeah, 
Like, yeah, let me stop from the 50-inch, high-definition, heavily pixeled, precise, pristine coloring of a TV show, of this TV. Yeah, and let me go to my 6-inch fucking Android phone. And I know you're saying, well, you're an iPhone. I'm sorry. Let me enhance it to 7 inches. Yeah, let me, let, me, let me reduce from 50 inches of enjoying... This musical ensemble cast had like seven artists, which by the way, 50 Cent was not mentioned in any of it. Um, pretty cool though. Whoa, whoa, go shout it. It's your birthday. So stop watching it on this when you can watch it on your phone. It's your birthday. Um, but just kind of weird how, by the way, it's Valentine's Day. Just swept that under the rug. And yeah, so let me let me reduce my visual experience approximately 44 inches. 42 and a half if you have an iPhone. And yeah, that will enhance my experience because I use my fucking index finger and go around the fucking stage and watch random people dance. It's like, you know what? I just want to focus on Dr. Dre. Straight up. Like when Dr. Dre, when his back was turned to the camera while Eminem was performing, doing his thing... Like, yeah, like, I'm not, I don't care for the camera to go on the other side and, ooh, let me see what Dr. Dre's face looks like when he's just playing this piano and rocking his head. It's like, no, I'm cool. But hey, other than that, great Super Bowl. Um, this is just the definition of we are doing too much. We, are, we have too many options. We've gotten so bored. That we're like, hey, let's outthink the room and be so cool about it. And fuck that 40, the 50, the some of the like mega projector screens at some of these Super Bowl parties, I'm sure you have. And let's all just watch on our fucking phone. Just because we can move the camera around at different angles. Good job, guys. Good job. But yeah. Um,. Oh, by the way, another takeaway randomly from a, a commercial was Guy Fieri. I don't know why. When I was watching that commercial, which was not a really good commercial, because honestly, I, I don't understand the fascination with hard seltzers. I, don't, I think I've kind of had one. I had one of those Bud Light black cherry ones back in the day. It was like, all right, this is kind of just lame. It just basically tastes like carbonated with an alcohol kickback when it swallows down. I never understood, I'm not into like hard seltzers, like I don't get it, it it just feels like if you drink too much of it, you're just going to throw up, make you feel obnoxious, and it's like, oh, not much alcohol content, and just getting bloated, doesn't sound like a great time, but the commercial, um, when I saw Guy Fieri, it hit me, he looks like a combination of Sammy Hagar, and like a Tahi, is it Tahi, or a Taki, like a Tahi bar owner, you know, like one of those little, if you go to like resorts or you go to like uh, Cayman Islands, you go to these resort island shit, they'll have like those little Tahi bars where it's like, it's noon somewhere. It's like, yeah, but it's fucking 7 a.m. So it's not, but hey, you're on vacation. Hey, I'm on vacation. Might not go back home. Ain't no static on my reggae station. I'm here. I'm gone. I'm on 
vacation. Speaking of vacation, um, me and God took a Viagra and Ibiza. Where is Ibiza? Honestly, I have no clue. I just thought of that title for a podcast, trying to ramp up the V-I-E-W-S, hashtag Drake2016. By the way, uh, album actually has a good... uh, has a good replay value. Better than the first initial listen, but neither here nor there. Me and God took a Viagra and a Biza. I was thinking about this. Um, do you think that... Do you think that God... Because God... I, I Look, I'm not religious, so I guess I should... Well, I should actually really make sure I clarify that. I'm not religious because I'm about to come off as like very ignorant on a lot of these things. But I'm assuming that God is supposed to really just be like a symbolism or really just like a representative of a flawed man, but who has been through life. He's lived the internal life and he's made all those mistakes or not mistakes. And he's learned, has all this wisdom here to pass it on to you. So you can repeat those things for eternal life and be a, you know, an entity of God or a resemblance or a child of God, which is like, eh, I mean, you can't be a child of someone forever. Well, I guess you can. You're technically always a child of your parents, but, you know, you're not always going to be treated, quote unquote, as a child, right? I would think a God is someone who would be like, hey, man, like, I, I think you've progressed out of shitting out of your, shitting your pants. You're 32 years old. Um, can you stop shitting your pants? I feel like even he has standards like, hey, I understand you're flawed, but can we like kind of get a little progression here? Can we can we move the needle? Can we take step by step? But you know, I was thinking, does God or did God ever get erectile dysfunction? And you know, look, man. Mostly when you get older, you know, things change. The body changes. You know, I'm not there yet, but you know. It'll probably be a sooner than later. But does God get the old ED? And I don't mean electrical dynamic co. Um, I mean, does he get the old deflation of the balloon? I'm assuming God's got a piece. Like, you can't be a leader. I am not a leader of men, as Nickelback would say. But you can't be a leader of a whole society and civilization i guess of people spiritually and all that stuff you wrote literally the most sacred texts in the history of history and you can't be walking around with a loose piece you can't be walking around with the thing that's kind of like yeah i just don't have it today because that's not what you would teach to the youth that's not what you would teach in your sermons like hey God understands you don't have it today. Like, nah, he'd be like, hey, you may not have it, but you can still give something. It's like, if you have ED, it's kind of hard to give a little something, you know? Um, but yeah. So, I, I I guess the whole point is, if me and God... You, you, know, they, you know how there's those weird stories? I don't know if I always believed this, where... Someone dies for like, they literally are announced dead for like 14 minutes. And somehow in that 14 minutes, they met God and traveled through 3,000 years of life in a 14 
minute period, which I'm like, hey, man, I understand the brain can do amazing things, but um, if you're brain dead, I'm going to say it's probably not really uh, firing all the pistons up there. Um, and I I don't know how much to believe. Like, I'm not religious, so I don't want to, like, clown on people who, like, say, like, oh, I met God, and when I came back to life, they come back to life, and they're this complete different person. I was like, well, they may be a complete different person because they just experienced death and how scary that can be. So, yeah, it's going to change you as a person, religious or not religious, right? When people say, like, God talked to me, like, imagine the fucking ego on you. To think that out of all the people that die for a brief period of time, 14 minutes, he talked to you, and he's like, well, Jesus, we got to make sure we keep you around because you're really going to change the world. You're really going to make this world a better place. Does, it mean, does that mean every person that died that he decided to not bring back to life? He's like, yeah, you're more of a hindrance. Um, I kind of regret making you. You're like worse than a stepchild. You're like, you're like the stepchild of an aunt that it's like shit. He has come live with me because she's in the drugs, pill popper. And she went with Mike Posner and took a pill in Ibiza. So now I'm fucking here with you, stressing me out, pulling my hair out. Can't get it up. And that's why I have AD in Ibiza. So maybe if that's me and that's how I am let go into the soil at 44 years old on this earth. Maybe when me and God take... Maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe when I'm on a lovely trip with a lovely lady, I'll decide, you know what, fuck it, we're going all in tonight. I'm going to take like fucking, I don't know, four Viagras, I'm assuming you're not supposed to take that, and I'm just going to say, fuck it, we're pumping it out tonight, sorry for the graphicness, but hey, once you go there, you go there, Um, and I would just assume that, hey, if you're going to do it, go all the way, I'm a very... I won't even say extreme person, but in a lot of aspects, but I am one of those people where I'm either all in or all out. Like, I either don't do something, or if I'm going to do it that day or do it that night, I'm just going to fucking do it. I don't believe, I wouldn't say I don't believe, but I don't like, for example, when it comes to alcohol, I've never been a casual drinker. Like, I don't drink at all, really, anymore. I went, you know, rub here, whatever. But even, like, in the most normal parts of my life, it's always been like, okay, I'm at a party. I know I'm going to get fucked up tonight. I'll deal with this shit in the morning, and that's cool. I've never been like, hey, let me just have a couple beers tonight. Hey, let me just have some wine. Hey, let me just have a little cabaret. No, I've always been like, hey, man, if we're going to fucking do this, let's fucking do this. And I'm not saying that's a healthy way of living. I really don't. Because you you truly struggle with probably like balance issues with uh, just kind of being able to enjoy life without it letting it consume or enjoy too much you. And it sucks the life out of you. And it dictates how you do your morning. And then, oh shit, I gotta do this. And then you fall behind on things. You get behind schedule. You get motivated, blah, blah, blah. That's why alcohol can be very dangerous. But that's not the point here. I would probably be one of those dudes to be like, dog be like, hey, take one. And like, you know, I think commercial's like four hours or whatever the fuck. And you're... Don't take it any more than once a day. And after four hours, if you're still, if you're still, uh, you know, uh, stiff, 
you know, don't be a stiff. Call the doc. But chances are, there's probably not a doc in Ibiza like that. So, I'm probably going to pass out. Probably going to have a heart attack mid-fuck. And, oh, shit. And I was nowhere close to coming because, you know what? Uh, Typically with that stuff, it's probably going to fuck up your shit. And you're probably going to just, like, not even be able to. You're just going to pass out on the deck. And it's going to be like the movie Gerald's Game where the dude tries to take his wife on a retreat. And they just... The love is not there. They've been together a long time. Ticks are in, like, a cabin. Their own little cabin. Next thing you know, like, he tried to do all this kinky shit. Put her, you know, have the handcuffs tied to the bed, but she's not really into it. Next thing you know, he's like, what the fuck do I have to do? Shit. That's Bruce Greenwood, the guy from uh, Double Jeopardy, by the way. Pretty decent movie. Uh, And, by the way, very fit dude for his age. No homo. Except... Not there's anything not Now there's anything wrong with that, um, but you know it's like like hey man, what the fuck do you want me to do? I took us to a resort cabin. I'm trying to recapture the lust, and she's just what mind somewhere. It's not there. Next thing you know, as she's handcuffing shit, he passes out on her chest, and he just passed out there. Now remember, she's hooked up. So it's not like she called 911 or what. She's hooked to the thing and she is fucked. She realized after, holy shit, this guy is dead. Well, not dead yet. So then pushes him off the bed because weighing down her and she's like trying to get out of the cuffs, but it's like scraping her arms and shit. The next thing you know, there's this wolf that comes in later, eats him alive. Actually, well, I don't want to spoil it, but let's just say it wasn't him he ate alive. He switched the body and shit. Uh, But yeah. Gerald's game. Good times. But that's assuming what I think would happen to me. I would pass out my lovely lady's chest. Hopefully she's not handcuffed because I need someone to call 911 for me. And I feel like I would see the quote unquote light where the light is. Like John Mayer's 2008 live performance one of the best live performance on dvds ever put out by the way just throwing that out there um i feel like i would probably pass out and hey if i see the light if i see god then if he brings me back to life like evidences evanescence yeah i would let him bring me back to life but what if like someone's like hey god actually i don't want to do this actually could you not take me back and god's like well, you know, hey, that's what you want. Wonder if that's ever happened in that minute period. It's like, hey, or is it because when you see the light, not to get too zen here, if if I'm gonna try to get the benefit of, maybe what brings people back to life, it depends how you react and how much you respect what you're feeling, and if you are feeling something to be worthy of bringing back to life. So, meaning in that 12, 14 minute exchange, let's just say where. You're quote-unquote announced dead, but you're in your mind and your soul and body. You're experiencing all this shit. And you're like, holy fuck. This makes me feel something. Maybe if I'm brought back to life, if I'm just given one opportunity, one shot. Damn, I was about, I realized I was accidentally quoting like an Eminem song. I guess I'm losing myself in this terrible rant. But, hey. And maybe, 
Just maybe, hypothetically. Maybe it's how you react when the light is flashing your eyes and how you deal with it. And God sees that and he's like, I knew you had it in you. It just took desperation. You made a bad decision taking four Viagras. And hey, your heart's pumping. When you come back to life, you're going to have a punctured lung. Um, you can't feel the left side of your body for three months. You're going to go through intensive rehab. But hey, life will be better than ever before. It's like, eh, you're kind of giving me a rough start. But hey. Put myself in this situation because of desperation. Just wanted to give her a good time. But sometimes, you know that whole thing, I'm here for a good time, not a long time? Nah. I don't know. If you, if you live a decent life, being around for a long time can be a really good time. Like, look at these old, like, Sammy Hagar. The guy I mentioned earlier with looks like Guy Fieri mixed with the Thai bar owner. Like, Sammy Hagar is, like, 70 years old, and the dude is just out here living life he's a great example of hey you can live for a really good time and a long time because he definitely lives a life but you can definitely tell he also has like balance approach type of shit you know it's his career is not everything but he enjoys it drinking and stuff like it's fun but he can stop at any time but he just likes doing it and maybe that's what it is. Maybe, maybe with those stories, not to get too cheesy here, but maybe those stories were here. I was dead for 28 minutes and I saw God. God told me, the young and the restless will always be rest. But they appreciate the less. Next thing you know, boom. Eight-year-old dies up to get hit on a bike. Or maybe there's just certain things you just can't come back. I'm like, sorry, if you get run over by a semi-truck, you know, over and back like five times. Hey, man, I don't care how much light you see. It's not happening. Like, your whole body is chopped up and smothered like a wolf ate you in the middle of Antarctica for, like, you know, whatever the fuck. My analogies aren't great that today, but you get the point. Like, there's no coming back, man. Like, your heart is literally out of your body, and it's not by a surgeon. The wolf literally ate your fucking heart and your kidneys and your ribs. Like, you you can't even be resuscitated as a vegetable. Like, hey, man, it's done. But if there's opportunity to, like, heart attacks and shit where, you know, it's more of an internal thing or whatever. Like, yeah. I, I, I will be open to the argument maybe, and being serious here, that maybe it's the light exposes what you have shedded for the longest. Ooh. I like when I create isms on the spot. Not bad. The light that you see is what you have shed for the longest. Bars. But yeah, I think maybe that's what it is. And maybe it's like when you see that, the thing you were missing that God feels like you need to bring back to this earth to not only be like a decent you know, viable member to give back to your community, give back to people, right? It's you will come back as a version of me that I feel like has been lost on this earth, or at least in an area that you'll be in and that you will guide in positivity and prosperous and loving the neighbor and you can spread the gospel. And maybe there's some selfish motives here, but hey, the good of it is what matters most. But you know what's not good? Um, 
I'm getting really fucking fed up. And I'm not even that mad about it. What I'm about to talk about. This is really a personal situation. That the more and more I have to deal with this shit. The more and more I understand why renting can be just more annoying than anything. Right? I love the ability. Oh, now that I've kicked my feet up. You know your boy's in it. Uh, Now that I'm really deep into the game right you start thinking like man i've just given a lot of money to people to make them rich which is cool it's what society's built on just eating on the youth and you know us not thinking we don't own anything we're not responsible for anything but when you think about it you you always try to vibe like well what what if my apartment complex burns down i'm not fucked i'm not responsible it's like yeah you know what if your apartment complex burns down I feel like uh, the fact that you're not responsible and held accountable financially is probably the least of your problems. Because now you still lost all your shit. Like there's a lot of shit that sucks about it. And it's highly, highly unlikely to happen that your place burns the fuck down. I hate to break it to you. It's really highly, highly unlikely that your fridge just, you know, tips over one day because there's some leakage from under the floor cracked and a fridge just falls through your freaking uh, floor and it falls on a nine-year-old kid below you. Highly unlikely. But I'll tell you what you can't expect. If you haven't rented these apartments, here's what you can't expect. Inconveniences. And on top of that, Shit that you will get charged for. And if you really look at your bill for shit you get charged for and you realize hmm, a good portion of the shit you guys don't even have operating at full functionality. Let's not, if you live in a quote unquote gated community, uh, chances are your gate's not going to work 60% of the time and 60% of the time in a month. And that's being generous. There'll be, I've gone literally three weeks at one time, where they, where they didn't have any gates work. It's like, hey man, come rob everyone. And you know what? I had a roommate get robbed because of it in his car. And there's this... So the gates simply don't work. Okay, fine. Whatever. It's just a protection of all the shit I have. My car and everything. Cool, but whatever the fuck. It's not like you're charging me 100 bucks a month in the thing when you break it down. Cool, not mad. Um... You're charging me for uh, a TV service I don't use. We don't use because it's a pain in the ass. Cool. Whatever. It's included. I've already talked about the smart lock shit. Where the smart lock is... um, One, there's nothing smart about it. Anything that could be easily hacked. Technology. Or literally by a fucking phone app. If someone steal my phone. And when you don't even need the shit. You just punch the thing and it fucking opens. Now they've kind of fixed it. But it's not really fixed. Like, yeah, I could get in, but there's this annoying bullshit with it. But cool. And then the two-day heads up of, hey, by the way, uh, by the way, this will be for Tuesday, February 15th, which will probably be when this episode drops. Hey, um, just so you know. In between 9.30 a.m. and 4 p.m. So, let's do the math. That's what? A six and a half hour? 
close to seven hours. Actually, maybe 8.30 to 4 p.m. So essentially, it was just going in the middle. Seven fucking hours of, hey, none of your water is going to be working because we got to, quote, unquote, fix a fire hydrant situation. Which is, okay, one, that doesn't take seven hours. Let's just cut through, let's just slice through the bread. Slice through the Wonder Bread and, uh, you know, just cut the BS, right? It does not take seven hours. You are either paying someone unnecessary seven hours of labor, or you're really just trying to cover all asses for a lot of shit. But cool. But my thing is, you pick the times of day. Like, all right, you know what? Fuck me. I guess I won't wake up today when this episode comes out. I guess I won't wake up today and wet my toothbrush and brush my teeth, right? I guess I'm going to have to dry rub it. Cool. Oh, wait. I guess I won't, you know, fill up my filtered water to make sure I drink clean water. Cool. Fine. Oh, you know what? I guess I won't shower after a long 12-hour shift the night before coming home straight to bed and waking up thinking, ah, my body just needs a clean shower. Nah, fuck you. Oh, you know what? God forbid if I need to wash my hands because I actually get shit in it when I wipe my ass a little too deep. Fine. Cool. No. Fuck you. I can't even go to the neighbors and borrow. Now that I would, I can't even use their water. You know why? Because all of the water is not being used. What if I had someone dying of dehydration? Huh? Fuck you. Nah, it's cool though. It is just a... Oh. It... it I always go I always go to this, right? To the dumbasses that say, hey, water is not wet. You know what's really not wet? Not having any water. That's really not wet. It's always fun. And guess what? We're not gonna get any reimbursed anytime there's an inconvenience of something with it could be uh, I remember there was a power outage one day for like seven hours. All the food in the fridge smelt like shit and all that. We didn't get a reimbursement of that. No, fuck you. Um, oh, can't use your washer and dryer. Oh, yeah, now I can't even use the washer. We don't have any water. Oh, fuck you. God forbid if I have, you know, fucking dirty-ass underwear from my long days of hard manual man labor. Nah, you know what? Fuck you. Um, you know, God forbid. Oh, well, you know what I say? Plan ahead. Well, you know what? I could plan ahead. And I'm fortunate enough that I can, but I'm speaking for the ones who can. The ones who where it gets lost in the email shuffle. I would have never noticed it if my brother didn't tell me, by the way. But on top of that, what about the ones that have kids that don't have time to be checking their emails for business purposes? Which is kind of weird because where was I at the other day? I was somewhere. Oh, I went to get a I had a warranty on a tire. Tire was fucked up, displaying, so I went to go get it replaced. Cool. Didn't have to pay a penny. Cool. I was waiting at the discount tire place, and of course, there's some lady in the corner. Has her laptop out. Cool. You know, I, there's no problem there. It's kind of weird, but cool. Doing business, waiting for a card on her laptop, and, you know, the they come out to you like five minutes before they pull your car out once your car is finished with it. They're like, hey... Hey, uh, this was her name, but hey, Kelly with the great with the green Subaru XRY hitch, blah blah blah. And yep, that's me. And they come over, they have a little layman, like, all right, yes, you know, we had this, this, got this done. Just so you know, you have this tread in your tire, not that anyone gives a fuck. Um, but yeah, you know, here's that. Uh we'll have a ride out. Any other questions you need? No, that should be great. 
And they're like, okay. She's like, yeah, you know, I'm just doing some emails right now. So if you could, typically they just pull up to the front. You walk out because you're excited after waiting an hour, 15 minutes. You're ready to get on about your day. But not this lady. She was so in she was so into her emails, which I don't know what fucking answering emails really means. Whenever I hear someone, I got to answer emails. Oh, well, you would know if you're a business person. It's like, you know what? Actually, honestly, even if I had a full operating business, emails would not be my main source of communication. It seems like an outdated thing. I'm not saying like I get like emails, like updates, like every seven hours, like, hey, Here's an email from three days ago from carparts.com because you ordered a part from us in 2019 and we still have your email on file. Oh, here's shop your way off this credit card you signed up to get 70% off a JCPenney purchase when you signed up for a credit card. We really, it didn't really save 70% because we took a hit on your credit score and used it one time and you actually didn't pay off a percentage, but it's cool. It's fine. Oh, all emails are made for is for places you go to so they can keep in touch with you. If I have individuals in my business, I'm not sending you a fucking email. I have your number. That's the most direct. But whatever. Um, but yeah. So anyways, and she said, instead of having them pull up and then like, whatever... She literally made a request. I've never heard when I've been to these places before. She said, hey, actually, can you just pull it into... She didn't just say a parking spot, right? Hey, can you go park my car in this parking spot? No, no, no. She has specific instructions. Like, she was paying for a valet service. And I don't even know for valet you can pay... If you ask them if you can really, I I mean, not that they wouldn't do it, but I don't think you could just say, hey, make sure you park, what is it, reverse? Is it reverse, parallel? Well, no, parallel. You know, basically where you back up into a parking spot. I'm not very good with term names, but I know when I see it. She said, hey, can you actually uh, pull my car back into that spot? And basically make sure, can you park it backwards so when I leave, I can just easily get out? Because she was so into her emails that... She couldn't just get in her car, drive eight minutes home, or drive to a nearby coffee shop or someplace like most of society does to continue her work. Now nah, she's like, you know what? Let me do it in this fucking waiting room that smells like a bunch of kimono tires. Hmm. A bunch of overpriced tread lightly tires. Huh, bitch, tread lightly. I'm not even mad about I'm not even mad about her. I'm just like, hey. If I was a dude, and the kid, you could tell the kid was like kind of young. He was kind of new to it. Well, I wouldn't say that new, but you tell, he was definitely not a veteran working there. Um, he was just like, uh, you tell he's never gotten that request before. You know why he's never gotten that request? Because you should never get that request. To, hey, can you park? She pointed to a specific spot. And she said, hey, can you back my car into there? Thank you. Now she was polite. I'll give her that. She wasn't like a she wasn't like a deceiving. She wasn't a, a condescending person by any means. But it's just the fact and the comfort. And I don't care what people say. That's not being that's not being a quote unquote boss. That's not being that's actually kind of like you're making someone do something that's a little out of 
the job description because you are quote unquote doing work like the rest of the people here that are paying for something not that i paid for anything but you know i was ready to pay for something but like everyone there doesn't do work but you know what no we go there we go there, we look around awkwardly, we may look down at our phone, put some earbuds in, I pretend to read some shit off my notebook to review something of mine. You're sitting there with your laptop having a whole setup, cool, get what you gotta get done. No one's judging the fact that you have a laptop charging to an outlet, you picked a specific area, you consumed another chair to put your laptop case because you had a fancy cool little laptop. You know what, I will say, that's the one thing I was jealous of. She had a competent laptop unlike mine. But hey, you know what? You do what you got to do. But the fact that she was actually, she got so comfortable there. that She's like, hey, I'm actually just going to stay here and do it. Like, Discount Tire is not a place where you quote unquote get your day job work done. Or your, or your own aspirational goals done in the waiting room. That's not where shit gets done. Discount Tire is one of those places where you just sit in the fucking waiting room and you wait and you wait. You may read an awkward mag. You may walk around, you know, get a couple from the water fucking cool suck bottle shit where you have the little foam cup and you do and it has the makes a gulping noise like it's like an office move like goo 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 goo. The big old fucking crystal spring shit, which is actually always decent water, gotta admit. But, and then, ye just sit there, and nowadays, everyone just looks down their phone and does the awkward thing of pretending to be on their phone. Hey, how about this? How about you read your emails during your phone, and you'll probably realize 90% of these emails aren't that important, and you're probably wasting three hours of your day reading fucking emails. I'm not telling you what to do. All I'm saying is, this shit's not... Discount tired, there's a time and place. I'm sorry. I don't care. Call me old school. Call me, I'm not that nuanced of context and shit. There's just weird things to do in different places. There's a time and place. Alright. You don't take a phone call on speaker when you're somewhere with a lot of people. Because one, it's gonna be hard for you when you're in a quiet place. Like, you don't, you don't go on speaker when you're, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a place, but, you know, like, I can understand, like, okay, if you go to, like, a Moe's Southwest Grill, and you're at the front, and let's say your wife's on the phone, and I can understand, it's a little complicated, this isn't specific, by the way, it's just kind of like, I could understand it, like, oh, shit, hey, they're out of, hey, I know you wanted chicken, but they're actually out of chicken, I don't know why they're out of chicken, but, it's pretty common ingredient you should never run out of at a most southwest fucking grill. But hey, cool. I understand like, hey, it kind of put a whole dent in your thing. And maybe she doesn't eat meat, whatever, even though chicken is meat, but whatever, I guess. Pescatarian, I don't know the term. But basically, let's say, oh, she can't have beef, steak, and all that shit. But they have these weird options like tofu. Like, hey, do you just want to, hey, honey. Got here, they're out of chicken, Mo Monday. What the fuck, they're out of chicken? Yeah, they're out of chicken. Um, um, okay. Um, I guess just have no meat in it. And just put like, this rice and this beans. You know what, I can understand, speaker. Because you know what, make the employees feel you're disgusted. Even if it's not their fault. 
Be like, hey, just so you know, this isn't right. I used to work at a McDonald's back in the heyday, and there was actually two instances where we ran out of meat. We ran out of, like, the quarter pound meat and the regular, like, skinny cheeseburger, I think, 10-ounce meat. I don't fucking know the proper term. I think it's, like, a tenth of a pound for a patty. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a really weird thing to explain. It's not like, oh, we ran out of lettuce. Even if you run out of cheese, honestly, that's probably a little bit more disgraceful. I'm not eating a burger without cheese. Personal preference. We're all out of personal preferences, right? I guess only some of us, but yeah, it's, um, discount tire and it's not the place to sit there and do your fucking private passion project. Excuse me. Jesus. Whatever the fuck you do. She probably sends like private vegan supplements and charges 90 bucks for a powder container that probably costs $2 to make. You know what? Supply and demand. Um, But yeah. Good times. Good times. Good times, everybody. I just realized, by the way, I was thinking about this the other day. I was at work. And I was saying, like, for some reason, the Good Times theme song, like, came in my head, right? And I don't know lyric by lyric, but it's like, Good times, everybody getting laid. Everybody keeping your hands underwater. It's basically just keep trying above water. Good, the Good Times theme song is basically just literally about getting by community and family. Um, everybody's getting laid off. Good times. And when you're singing younger, like, you're bopping to it. But like, yeah. It's like, wait, yeah, everyone's getting laid off. Like, oh, it's a lot of real, like, quote unquote, real, like, you know, socioeconomic shit, like people getting laid off at that time stuff, you know, and when you get into certain, uh, I'm trying to think, like when you get into certain, uh, like in good times, it's the demographic is. It's about a black family in the inner city, poor, getting by, especially at that time. Like theme song is really representative of what a lot of, uh, really, if you watch the show, a lot of, you know, there's still like some fucked up shit happening in the school system, the hidden racism and a lot of things, but it's about bringing the humor in that scene, but like having real life moments, right? I compare it to like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which by the way, this whole Bel-Air thing with Will Smith won. Uncle Phil looks nothing like Uncle Phil. I understand it's not supposed to be a direct thing, but we know what the fuck it is. Um, and I was listening to the lyric. I'm like, oh, this this shit, like, his, when you're younger, you just hear the happiness. And, like, you just hear the upbeat stuff. And then you, when you get older, you realize, like, oh, a lot of these upbeat, like, theme songs, these upbeat songs... The lyrics and what they're actually saying is really, it could be really real and it could, or it could be very sad. It could be very depressing. It could really like, oh shit, man, this shit is dark, right? Um, like it has a dark meaning and stuff. And, you know, the good times specifically, you watch the show, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a sitcom. Like I watched, I wouldn't say like all the time, but enough, like it came on TV and you know, you, you really learn about, you know, TV is like an avenue where, honestly, as fucked up as it sounds, TV is where you learn a more real view, at least back when they used to make sitcoms where they actually, like, dabbled into real life shit, where families 
where it actually discussed real life shit and they put in form of a sitcom and humor to kind of bring it where it's it can be a median domain of stream to all like not just network television but mid network television uh, replay value syndication and shit and the good times specifically like that one was some i was one of my shows i enjoyed watching growing up and i enjoyed the show because you know like at the end there would always be the round of applause at the end and there will always be because there would be like an ending message or something of uh, basically the theme of it would always be matter if you're poor broke unity of family and the good times is really and is really about the people right it really about your family being the most important aspect like whether you're poor or rich, because it's a show like other fans, there's a lot of rich people that aren't really close. There's a lot of rich people that don't have any good times. This is my perspective. This isn't direct. This is what good times means. It's my interpretation of good times, you know, the show is through all the struggle and all that shit is that the family is what makes you feel the most in the good times. Type of thing that even when the layout where they live, uh, the apartment, and everything, all the kids and people coming in and out, and the things they go through for life, shit is that through all the quote unquote not good times, the ending always ends in a good time because at the end of the day, going through struggle with the ones you, with the ones that you truly love, you build that foundation of love. Matters a whole lot more than uh, having all the foundation, have all the optics, the house, and all that good stuff, security, but you don't have the foundation of what matters. So, it's my interpretation, but yeah. Um, shit, there was something specific I had in mind. Doo-doo. The p- title of this podcast will definitely be Guided Me to a Viagra and Ibiza. Just hate to be a hate to be a nuisance. Do do do. Jesus fucking Christ! I. Uh do 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 do. Sorry, I know there's a little bit of gap right now. But I'm trying to fix something. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, Jesus, this is this may be the longest fucking gap I've taken in between topics before. I'm not... All right, by the way, for people that aren't watching, I had I wrote something down that I wanted to talk about, but I'm having a fucking hard time finding it in my notes. Um, Jesus, this is really hard for the... It really are. Okay, whatever. I don't know what what I had in there, but fuck it. Okay. Anyways, yeah, let's get to the sponsor today. Um sponsor today is uh Taco Bell. Woo! Moving up in the ranks of sponsors. You know, one day these sponsors are gonna sue me when they realize I'm advertising their product without their consent. Uh but yeah, Taco Bell. Um even though, you know, by the way, before I read this ad, bring back the fucking volcano burrito. 
I don't know what happened. They used to have the volcano box and burrito. One of the most underrated box one of the most underrated items in fast food history. Just saying. Just saying. But yeah. Taco Bell. Uh, sounds like the Chihuahua thing with the voice sounds like probably like something you get appropriation. Cause whatever. But yeah, Taco Bell. Uh Come in today and try our new chicken crispy tacos. Wow. Yeah, because that's what we need. Just, you know, more fried chicken at Taco Bell. Um, But yeah, Taco Bell. Come try our new crispy chicken tacos today with avocado ranch or chipotle. Um, we always have our feature boxes in place as of right now with the crispy chicken tacos. We always have our typical cravings deal. We also have other combos. Why not try our new, our quesadilla combo where you get a quesadilla, 20 ounce drink and a crunchy taco for an overpriced amount. Uh, (laughs) I'm terrible at like endorsing this shit, but yeah, Taco Bell, um, check your hour, check your, uh, hours specifically for your local location go on the website um it's not that hard you can find out the hours and if but if you're like certain locations that ignore you in the drive-thru for the last 40 minutes of their operation um then call us and we will um not do absolutely anything about it but yeah you know that's what we get paid for but yeah taco bell go by and enjoy today and go on the website and ring the bell inside joke inside now back to the show editing skills ah yes 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 uh but yeah um so one thing i've been uh kind of thinking about is I want views. I'm going to be straight up about it. I don't want views for why most people want views. I want views to build a progression, right? And I think I, I, I'm not a YouTuber. I'm, I would say I'm more post my podcast on YouTube just for kind of maybe extra potential exposure. Um, but I realize, you know, with that, it's going to come. I I never did this expecting thousands of views off the jump. But I did expect to have a more consistent fan base by now. Whether that means having 80 consistent listeners in episodes, right? And now it's literally in the single, it's been the single digit for a long time. And I didn't care for it a long time. But it's like, at some point, it's like, all right, like, there's something like, come on. Like, there are videos that accidentally get tens of thousands of views, hundreds of thousands of views without trying. I understand with the hour long shit, it's a little different. It's a singular solo pod. I get it. But it's like, damn, I got to be honest. Like, is is this what they mean when they say it's harder than ever to break into this field? Because there is just too much out there. There's too much shit. There's too many podcasts. There's too many people doing it. There's too many people with... If you're if you're like a quote unquote no name, and you're literally a podcaster first, and that's what you are breaking into a field as, it is hard to break into this where you're investing in people to listen to you when they don't know you. 
So I try to be open and transparent, and I try to be, cons- you know, consistently posting and stuff, and I do want to see progression. I'll be straight up honest. But you know what? I want to improve. You know, I, I read, you know, I was watching videos, and someone broke down, uh, oh, I was listening to a Lex Freeman podcast, and I forgot what, I, I happened to come across a clip, and I was trying to figure some shit out, and it was a random guest he had, like, maybe months ago. And, you know, it's about the YouTube algorithm and shit like that. And I used to think that, you know what, you know, the hashtags, the descriptions, if you make the descriptions more specific and all that shit, you try to be as diverse in the descriptions and crazy shit, whatever. And I realized, like, what he, from what he was saying, that the title is literally like 90% of whether your video we get any clicks. Now, that sounds like common sense would say, well, no shit, Clint. But I wouldn't say I've tried to be too creative with the title. I've tried to dumb it down a little bit. But I've just put, I've tried to go the Tuesdays with stories model where I put like a, a two or three word thing, a phrase, or a, I would just direct a two or three word thing that I said in the show. And hopefully that would attract to the style of what you're getting into. And what I realize now is that it's more about including keywords that people always search for. And I think you could figure out what word that may be or what couple words by the title of the video. What is some people always seek guidance for? And I think YouTube has turned into a let me seek. Um, you know, informational infor- entertainment shit, obviously, that will always be here. But I do think it is a place where a lot of people seek people who are going through things. Um, you know, I, I know there was this craze, and it's still thing, where if you make a video, I'm 30, I'm, I'm like 28 years old, I'm 28 and I'm lost, or I'm... 32 and I'm depressed. I'm this and that. Like people click on vid because I think a lot of people in these days, like more people than not, kind of feel all those things. You know, there's we there's age uh there's age milestones that you think by this you should be feeling better about yourself. You should this and that, whatever. And everyone has their I'm not I'm not into clicking those type of videos because I'm just not that type of guy personally. I'm not trying to make anyone feel in type of way you are because I'm all about relating to things and I don't uh and I think it's YouTube for better or worse it's kind of becoming a, a really I guess you could say social media in general it's really becoming a let me seek guidance we're always seeking a sense of leadership, we're always seeking guidance, we're always seeking quote-unquote self-improvement, which is a dangerous thing to get into, I wouldn't say get, it's a dangerous thing to seek outright all the time, or even consistently, I don't care if you're going through the dumps, I don't care if you're flying high in life, I think anytime you try to seek when it comes to spirituality, or religion, or guidance of this is how you get this is how you get girls. This is how you make a man work for you. I think a lot of that shit, especially when you get these self-help gurus who 
aren't really self-help because they technically need you to watch their videos. They technically need you to fund their lifestyle to quote-unquote be rich. Um, it's not really self-help to me, which that's why when anyone says self-help, I, by default, technically none of us are self-help because you don't have any money unless people pay for your shit. So by default, no one's technically self-help. But I understand building yourself up, you know, you making your life and shit. Like, self-help in terms of you help yourself as much as you can. Cool. I'm all for that. But, you know, um, I, I, I just get really turned off by a lot of this shit, personally. I, I, think, I think it's good to seek betterment in yourself. I, I think it's good. I also think things like, the words healing and uh, finding yourself can be a very darker, deeper excuse to justify a lot of BS. And it could be used as a deflection of actually fucking doing what you quote unquote need to do to get past or better a situation. I use Charlemagne the God. I don't know if I've talked about it before. But one of the annoying things is when you hear him. On his breakfast club thing. They do like a breakfast club rumor report thing. And basically Angela Yee tells a story. Tells a situation with the story. And then Envy will chime in. Charlemagne will put. And if it's like some that's about a hurtful situation. Or someone this and that. It's always you know all I want to do is send healing. And affection to hope both of them get the help they need. And healing. And it's like you know what man. Like and I think healing's like fine. You want to throw that in there. But there's got to be more than just, hey, I'm just going to pray for you and heal. I guess that's why like religion can turn me off in a lot of ways. Because it seems more of, we're not actually going to attack the problem. And it's going to, it's, we are just going to kind of throw these roundabout generic things that don't directly solve your issue. Your praying and healing does nothing for someone That is laying on the street when it's 26 fucking degrees out. And they have no one there to consult them. Your praying and healing does absolutely fucking nothing. And I'm not saying it's your responsibility to even send that praying and healing to begin with. I'm not saying it's your responsibility to make someone who's homeless or someone down in their life and shit. To fucking get them... Out of this situation. That's not anyone's responsibility really. Although it would be great if we all. Helped each other and shit. Look man. Let's be realistic about it. But. I It, it can get very just kind of. Annoying. Probably as annoying as this fucking podcast. <laughs> as the viewer or listener would say. Uh, I'm just very turned off. And. It's, I, and in my head, as I'm saying, I'm not proud saying this. I'm just really turned off about people making 28-minute videos about how, why they're depressed. Um, and it's not that I don't feel for them. It's not that I don't. I wouldn't sit with them and to hear them talk. I think personal accounts, like hearing someone, if someone really that depressed, they should find people to connect with. And talk about it personally. Like go to group therapy. Go to a group situation where you talk about it. There's something about putting something like that out. Into the YouTube. Or putting that out in the world. Hoping for hundreds of thousands and millions of people. 
to see your video and kind of look if you capitalize on your pain i'm all for it i'm just not in the business of people capitalizing on other people's pain but if it's your pain and you make view you get views you make money and shit hey by all means do what you gotta do but i don't see how that ends well for you personally but hey as they say live your best life right (laughs) um but i I just wouldn't want to put this impression out there that I'm just this depressed, sad, lonely person. Right? Like, I wouldn't want to put that out there abruptly. I think I think there's ways you can maybe align that into humor or something, but it could not be like I don't wanna I don't want someone when they think of me be like, oh, that's that guy who made that video of I'm 28 and I'm lonely, and no one likes me, and I'm just alone in this world. It's like, yeah, you know what? And you're going to be alone for a few years more when you make that video. If you truly delve in that mindset personally. And I'm all for people being prosperous, and I'm all for people being happier. But it just kind of seems like... It seems very annoying. That's a really shitty thing for you to say, Clint. Because I just, you know, you're putting that out because you want strangers to reach out to you. Instead of reaching out to people who are near and dear and close to your life and actually talk and discuss with them about it. That seems more like, are you really? Because when you're sad, you don't want millions of people to know it. You just want some type of personal guidance. You want some type of personal uh, explanation if you're struggling for why you're feeling that way. But, I don't know. I'm an asshole, I guess. Um, But, yeah. Let's see. Um... Shit, I'm really... I'm, I'm, I'm I'm really fucking bothered. I'm... There's something fucking... Ugh... I don't know. I'll remember it next episode. But yeah. Alright guys. Oh by the way. Congratulations to the Rams. Happy for Stafford. Jerry Goff is somewhere punched in the air right now. Baker Mayfield in the first quarter and a half before Odell got hurt. Was punched in the air right now. Like ah shit. Well really Cleveland fans. Uh, Baker Mayfield kind of fucked that shit up. But yeah. Um, but hopefully Odell gets well. <laughs> Odell gets well. And uh. By the way, I also found out Odell wore $200,000 cleats. The most expensive cleats in the history of I, probably any game, but Super Bowl especially. And I guess the cleats uh, did not return on his investment. They failed him. I'm sorry. If I'm wearing $200,000 cleats, they should be injury proof. But hopefully he gets well. But yeah. All right, guys. That is episode 111 of the Off and Beat podcast. Like and subscribe. Uh, leave a comment. Review. And don't forget to suck some titties and fuck the apartment complex for the water shit. It's really fucking annoying. It's really fucking annoying. It's cool though. Fuck me, right? Oh, Jesus, Clint. If you're gonna waste your time, eat your booty with me. <laughs>